What, they think we got three Rod Brandemores or what? I think I started lifting real lightweights when I was like 12. Now listening to the Rod the Podcast with your hosts Jordan Betts and Mike Men. All right, Mike, it's great to be back here on a beautiful Sunday afternoon in Raleigh, North Carolina. Our Carolina Hurricanes are coming off their third consecutive uh, division championship. Um, that's one in the weird COVID season. They won Central and two straight Metro Division titles. A, a feat that you know, for a lot of our lives kind of seemed like an impossibility. I mean, people joked that they would never win the Metro uh, sign of the changing times and kind of what this team has built. Uh, any initial thoughts before we get going? Yeah, obviously it's great to have those achievements and the guys are probably happy about it, but at the end of the day, it's not what Rod and the team are striving for. So for us as fans, it's cool. It's nice to be able to celebrate that. But what we ultimately want is to eventually see another Stanley Cup in the building. So we'll see if if this is the year. We'll talk about that. Yeah, I think I think a little bit of the theme. We're starting off here uh, speaking positives, but I think the theme of the episode might be like adjusting expectations. What I will so say is, any year you hang a banner like they will for winning the Metro this season, you've done a great thing. I mean, it's 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 hard to win in professional sports. And I was really proud of the group for, you know, it looked like a foregone conclusion for much of the year that they were going to, you know, run away with the Metro. It gets tight there after losing Svetch and others um, and struggling a little bit down the stretch. But I really liked how they buckled down in that last week versus Detroit and Florida to close it out because, you know, the margin of error was, ended up being very small um, as New Jersey really pressed. And, you know, the Rangers never threatened, but obviously they're a highly potent team. So, like I said, hanging a banner, that's fantastic. But the name of the game is hanging the banner that says Stanley Cup champions and getting the rings that come with that. Um, how are we feeling? Is that still even on the table? I, I don't think any team that's had a season like Carolina has, which ends up being the second-best record in the entire NHL, um, has been slept on entering the playoffs uh, more than this group has uh, in the past, you know, handful of days as all the commentary is previewing the playoff matchups. Is that warranted? Yes, in some ways. You have to realize, number one, the losses of Svetch and Pacioretty are massive. You're losing two of your more premier goal-scoring Guys, and this is a team that certainly didn't have room to lose the scoring touch. So it is a little scary when you look at it from that angle. And then on top of that, you had two goalies, one in Anderson that definitely regressed and one in Ronta that is injury prone. You're not getting the goaltending you got last year. So you don't really have that potency to play the highly aggressive game, knowing you're only going to give up a few chances, but these guys are going to make incredible saves. Those chances that we saw get saved last year are now going in more frequently because we're letting in some squeaky goals, some soft goals occasionally, and 
that's not a recipe for going far in the Stanley Cup playoffs, especially when you face teams that have goalies that aren't allowing those types of chances. So being slept on is probably fair when you look at those factors but at the same time that could be the driving force for this team that could be the thing that they hang up in the locker room and say hey nobody believes in us we know we don't have Svetch. we know we don't have patches we know we didn't pay, play our best hockey down the stretch but it's the beginning of a new season on monday it everything is is open again yeah wipe, wipe what, the sleep sleep yep, clean what you did before doesn't matter anymore so it'll be interesting to see yeah it couldn't agree more i mean it is a little shocking to me you see two teams really split by such a wide point margin in the standings and to see so many pundits predicting you know the islanders many to beat carolina or at least push them six seven games and it to be a super tight series well i kind of get it I'm, i'm not saying that that's necessarily wrong and if you like uh, I did, many of you, I'm sure, listened to Rod's appearance on 32 Thoughts. Um, you know, he described it as losing patches and Svetch is like 70 goals. You know, you expect that uh, those guys over an 82-game season to roughly account for 70 goals. Well, when you look and it's a team that already has struggled to score at times, especially in the playoffs, well, that that's going to matter. And we can talk stylistically. I think that's kind of been the recurring narrative um, over the past couple of years that, hey, it's a regular season team. It doesn't translate. Well, now you take away their two probably best pure goal scorers uh, and top wingers. Can can they even do anything? And I think it's fair. You know, you look at Carolina, the you know, small market. It never gets the media attention it should from a hockey perspective uh, because of where it's located regionally in a non-traditional market. So all those factors really convalesce to, um, I agree with some of it, I disagree with others, but it all convalesces to, it makes a lot of sense as to why everyone's prognosticating that, hey, Carolina's going to go down or being pushed more than a team uh, that their team with a the record they have would indicate. Yeah, certainly. And I get it. And at the end of the day, it's interesting. We talked about it around the trade deadline. Obviously, Svech gets hurt after the trade deadline. I think your outlook as a general manager probably changes if that injury happens before the trade deadline. Simultaneously, I've kind of had this discussion with some people, and it's like, why didn't they go out and add and Realistically speaking, is it the best time for them to spend a lot of their assets this year? And now with Svetch out, my answer would be no. Now is not the time to push the chips in. Now is the time to say, hey, Natchez, hey, KK, it's time for you to figure out if you can change your game and and take it another step up in the playoffs it's a great opportunity for this team to grow and you never know who will rise to the occasion and turn it on once the playoffs start it's a whole different experience the energy in the building at pnc etc it'll be an entertaining playoffs to watch from that aspect who's going to be the guy that takes the big step is it seth jarvis right is it a guy like Nason? Like who? Who is the, who becomes? Well, to me, a game you, you are 
these playoffs, and, and I've often talked about not overreacting to small sample sizes because that's what the playoffs are. I mean, at most, it's 20-some games. Uh, in all reality, this team might play, you know, I can't see them going super far. That's just my perception of where we're at. But it'll be really interesting to analyze who's going to assert that they belong in the core. Because going yeah. into next year, that's really what it's about, right? You have all those guys coming up as free agents. You need to make the decisions on who's staying, who's going, who's going to be a part of this for the long run. And yeah. playoffs are a great data point for that. Um, you know, I, I think we feel conf pretty confident that Svetch is a part of that group. So, he, yeah. yes, we wanted to see him show growth because he's struggled in the playoffs. But you don't need to see that to know he's a part of the core. Um, I think if they can find the right terms with patches, I think they'd love to keep him at, yeah. at the right price. Um, he's short-term term a part of that core. To your point, can a Natchez uh, and a KK guys that look like they will be, can they just further solidify that? I think Natchez absolutely has. The way KKK, KK has played down the stretch, of course. Um, but it's just great to show, you know, have the young guys show growth, playing in roles that, you know, maybe they wouldn't if you were fully healthy. And then on the back end, you know, just continuing for that group, they, they need to carry the, the roster. I mean, they do. And that's the way that stylistically the team plays. Um, it, we just, we need that from them. And, you know, Brent Burns has been terrific on the back end, setting the franchise record or Carolina Hurricanes record for points uh, in a season by a defenseman. Brady Shea scores 18, Burns scores eight. I mean, Jacob Slavin is Jacob Slavin. I mean, it's, it's a really good group. Chatfield on down. Ghost was was hot when he got here. Would like to see him get it back going a little bit. A um, lot of positives. It's just, unfortunately, I think the ceiling is a little capped. That being said, no one thought they were going to do anything in 2019, thought they were going to bow out to the caps in four or five. They go all the way to Eastern Conference Final. I mean, yep. it, it can happen. Sometimes when the expectations are lowered, um, that switch flips. These guys are prideful um, professionals. So, I mean, yeah. it's, they're talented dudes. Let's not yeah. forget that. I mean, and even without your stars, you know, your injured stars, you probably have one of the deeper rosters in the league still. You just lack that, you know, upside. Absolutely. And you look at it from the perspective of we haven't seen the best from Tara Vining yet. I think there is another level to Ajo's game that is yet to be unlocked. I think it would be a fantastic time to see it in the playoffs. Um, Jarvis has plenty of ceiling. KK has plenty of room to grow as well. You look at those kind of guys, I think there's another step for Natchez. Um, he's only kind of scratching the surface of his potential right now. And when you think about that, and yeah, it might not be the best playoff run this year, but you have to really like the outlook for the future. And like a guy like Chatfield that you mentioned, who's stepped in and been a fantastic third pairing defenseman and the addition of Gostas Baron, if he's willing to take third pairing money, I think there's a chance you see him back in Carolina. I think he's been a good fit. It's been very hard for defensemen to come in and quickly acclimate to the Kane system. Even we saw it with Brent Burns. He started mm -hmm. a little slower, but now having a historic season for the Canes franchise. It's it's one of those things where you look at these guys and you're like, you jumped right in and you kind of fit in. Like, what's the there's room for another step because you're still figuring the system out. Um, obviously, Shea lighting it up. KK had one of the better second halves of a season I've seen out of a young developing prospect. 
because things were not going his way the first half of the season. It would be really easy to get in your own head and get away from playing the right type of hockey. He averaged around 15 minutes of ice time a game and became a half a point per game player, which was kind of the number that we talked about where we wanted him to reach. We said if he continues to play the defensive game he's playing and he gets to a half a point in a game, you're going to be really happy with him, and he's already there. Right, and, and that's what we've loved or hate him, and that's what you've gotten from Jordan Stahl for you know a decade. Like, If he's that guy, well, you're paying him less, and he has the opportunity to do even more. A lot I, I think less it helps. in a raising cap environment. Exactly, and I, I, you know that is not to diminish a Jordan Stahl. I think you know coming, he's captain and all those things. He he merits all the praise he gets and the roles he is able to uh, fill for this team. Um, but the point being is KK has more upside to become even more, and it, it was great to see him catch fire. And you know, it, just that's what you wanted to see. You want to see your young guys continue to develop. Hey, Natchez was phenomenal the first, you know, 70, 80% of the season. Quiet down the stretch. Can he get it going again in the playoffs? Jarvis, hey, sophomore slump, slump, slump is a thing. Can, can he find it in the playoffs? Like, that's the beauty of this right now is clean slate. Um, expectations, not in the room, but on the outside are clearly lowered. Guys are going to play to that. I mean, they really are. I mean, I just thought it showed a lot of fight for them to hold on to the Metro at the end. Because it would have been really easy to just, you know, go quietly into the night. And they did not do that. Yeah, they they definitely didn't. They showed that resiliency that you want in a group. When things were going tough, they kept playing. The game Rod wants them to play. And you and I have had our discussions about the way Ron's, or the way Rod wants them to play. And whether it's time for there to be an evolution of the system. I don't necessarily think the system needs to be changed too much, but I do think it's time for there to be maybe a little bit of an evolution to allow your high-end talented players to thrive a little bit more. Yeah, I, I let's, totally, let's rift on this for a little bit. Go ahead. I totally get the idea of playing a extremely aggressive forechecking game two guys below the goal line all the time making it very difficult to exit pressuring everybody manning up on defense say, in layman's terms for a lot of people it it's more of a man i think basketball it's more of a man to man sure. system and, yeah. and we don't need to get too not nuanced on the particulars of the schematics but it think of it that way yeah 100 percent. and what happens when you play that style though is you lose some of that creativity, some of that space, some of that ability for the extraordinary. Because, well, you have forwards that have to get back, right? And that's why the defense has been such so integral to the goal scoring and offense is because they're put in the position to do that. And I, I think, obviously, the team is built that way, and Rod's system elevated the whole unit uh, in the early years because the forward talent wasn't there. And maybe it's not there now without patches and fetch. But if we map this forward to next season, everyone's healthy, everyone's back. Well, I think it's time to kind of take the, you know, what are the governor or the guardrails off, whatever, and play a little bit more conventional and let your forwards be dynamic and drive the offense, right? Yeah. There shouldn't, yeah, we don't want to be Buffalo playing pond hockey, but at the same time, we have players that are too talented for their 
production, their their box score production. You know, Aho being right around a point per game guy, that's great. But the team's probably better off in the long run. And again, this is not nuanced. This is just pretty superficial. But the team's probably better off if he's closer to 100 points than 80 points. Sure. And what's that do for everyone else? And you might not have the back-end production, but the guys are too talented for their peers around the league to always be outperforming them uh, in the counting stats department. And to me, that's what hurts you in the in the end. When you get into the playoffs, hey, this system is hard to – they're great in the regular season because it's hard to play against, forces the team to work, and maybe in the regular season they don't want to do that. But in the playoffs, talent reigns, and – some of that talent at the end of the day is a little bit of belief. And I don't think our forwards are being put in the position to display their, you know, high end abilities at all times. Yeah, absolutely. You, you look at our offensive structure and we're creating a lot from behind the net because we're winning board battles and getting pucks off defenders. And then that sets up an offense where it's either shots from the points, tips, deflections, greasy goals out front. But it's, that to me is diametrically opposed to how like the skill set of the players. Yeah. You have a bus bunch of small, fast, high skill players, and you're asking them to play a greasy grinder yeah. game. Like those two things don't vibe. You have an identity crisis. It's yeah. like, hey, if this was football, we're gonna, you know, air it out sixty times a game. Well, you wouldn't want, you know heavy line or you wouldn't want light linemen that can't anchor. If you were going to be a running the ball team, you wouldn't want a bunch of light guys that couldn't sure. move. You'd want to be able to lean on people. Right. Yeah. Um, we, those things just don't vibe, right? Like yeah. It's just, it doesn't make sense. Like if they had a bunch of six, three dudes that, you know, would beat you up. Okay. Maybe, you know, you want the defense involved, but to ask Aho and Natchez and Jarvis and turbo guys that are not built this way, to excel in a system that doesn't enhance their strengths, that's just weird. And maybe this is blasphemy sure. because we are the podcast, but sure. And I mean, to continue on with this discussion, I mean, what you're saying is totally right, where the system seems to not maybe be a perfect match for the type of player we have. But what I will say, number one, all goals count the same. We can't complain. We just want more goals, right? So I don't care how you get them, but special you, teams. You would like to see, you would like to see more, right? And like this it, for me, and I know it's like it's it's not so simple all the time, but you have the system that demands your players to never cheat the game. Great, great fundamental idea. Great building block for developing prospects great way to start building a team when you don't we've, have the talent yeah we've hit that point right now where it's like they all know how to play this type of game you can say we're gonna switch to a heavy four check and everyone in the room knows what that means and knows exactly how to do it because you have, have the, the core foundation and fundamentals they have exactly it. so you should be able to add layers to where the team you're playing against doesn't know what they're going to see. Right now, we are the most predictable team in hockey. There's no denying it. Everyone knows exactly what the Canes are going to do on practically every possession outside of the occasional Martin Natchez take-it-himself play, right? We are very predictable. 
add some layers in there, mix it up, make it a little harder to read, knowing that you can hit the emergency button at any point and forecheck the heck out of teams. So that's that's kind of where I am with the system. Now, and I think this is more of an off-season discussion, sure. right? Um, I don't think we're going to see uh, no. too many tactical changes no versus chance. the Islanders yeah, yeah, yeah. starting on Monday. No but um, big picture, I just think it's time. Like The system should match the players' abilities. Like The best coaches say, what do my players do well? I don't pigeonhole my players into a system. I build the system to fit the players. Well, now, the offensively, it definitely doesn't do that. Defensively, I think it's perfectly cohesive. But those two things should all be in alignment. Um, any more on this? You want to let, let's talk a little bit. Islanders, is it as simple as Canes versus Sorokin? Yeah, I, I would think so. I think it boils down to goaltending. If we can get solid performances out of, and I, I I'll say this right now, I think we will see both goalies in the series. I You got to guess who's getting game one? Oh man, I my gut tells me Anderson. My heart wants Ranta at this point. I think he's performing better. To be quite honest with you, I think the guys are playing harder in front of him at the moment. So that's kind of what I see. But I would not be surprised if you see a goalie rotation continuously. I think they might. I think lean that's into more it. like yeah, lean into it. And if yeah. That's not to say if someone gets off to a hot start, sure. they're going to ride them. Sure. But um, I, I'm curious how that works. In general, I'm a little hesitant to um, flip-flop too much and almost be like, hey, Mike, you won this game. You're back in the net tomorrow. You sure. lost. Sorry, we're going to make the change. Because as a player, that's just such a hard standard to like sure. live up to. But, hey, these are these are grown men. They're, there are expectations, and they're here to uh, pursue the cup. And yeah. I think the best – interest of the team is to give both guys a shot yeah and if, if one guy runs with it great if not hey i i don't think they're we're beholden just the two guys either i mean i wouldn't be shocked if uh kachekov got a game if both guys bomb at some point or or gets hurt or gets hurt <laughs> i mean that's mm. it, it's not that crazy yep. um we saw it happen a year ago but yeah i i think in general i don't know late season use usage was kind of confusing to me i i I think it's going to be Ranta. Um, but then again, Rod has always kind of treated Freddie like the 1A. So yes. yeah. um, generally at the start of the playoffs, you'll see the 1A. I, I'm not sure there is a uh, better decision one way or the other. I'm not sure I feel that much different. Uh, sure. But Ranta uh, uh, to me has been playing better. Yeah, it's not. It's a marginal difference at this point. I think if one of them was standing out, I don't think we would have the conversation in the first place. So. We'll see. I mean, I I would love to have one of them catch fire and lock in. That would be fantastic. That's what this team needs right now. But if we get the perform performance from Ronta the way he played last postseason, you'll yeah. win the Islanders series. Yeah, you win. And I think any less than that though in the series is very much in jeopardy. Yeah. Regardless of who's in that, um, because as we've seen uh, historically, be it Shesterkin last year or. Vassy, you know, a couple times before that and even go back to the Boston series, um, you know, this team can be stymied by an elite goalie. And I think there's no doubt that, you know, Sorokin is that. Yep. I mean, a lot of people, um, although he won't win it, the, the Vesna will go to Allmark. A lot of, there's a big groundswell for him to win it. Sure. I think that ignores Connor Hellebuck a little bit, but, yeah. you know, same thing. Yeah, it it's going to be 
fun. It'll be fun to fun? watch. Uh, it's going to be two one. Yes, it's going <laughs> to uh, it's going to be a stressful playoff series. I think I don't anticipate it being uh, comfortable no, like, like no, we no. saw in 2019 when we beat the Islanders. And, and this doesn't this maybe runs contrarian to how Kane's playoff series have, have worked in the past. I don't view this as a series where the home team's going to win every game. I, I think they're so low scoring, meaning the margin of error is going to be so tight that you'll see, you know, maybe the Canes lose game one or two. Canes will take one in New York. It, it just feels to me it's going to be a long series, six, seven games, uh, one bad goal here or there, one guy catches fire offensively and could shift the whole thing. The good news with the Islanders, whereas whoever Carolina, if they are fortunate enough to advance to the second round, uh, the Devils and Rangers can run away from you offensively. The yeah. Islanders, I don't think, can do that. You know, yeah. uh, Barzell's supposed to be back. Uh, Horvat's been meh since he got there. Um, this is not a team that's going to stack goals on you. But they're going to keep it tight. They're going to play a particular style, style which, hey, Carolyn has had success with. Um, but you just can't beat yourself in this scenario, and it's going to be tight the whole way. I like Canes in seven. Yeah, I would think I'm leaning more towards Canes in six at this That's point. That's what I wanted to pick. Yeah, I'm more towards six at this point. I think they get it done. I think it's going to be a real mental challenge for them. I think it's going to be good for the team in the long run. And then I think you're going to have a battle in the second round with whoever comes out of that. Because both those teams added at the deadline in some pretty expansive ways. And they are not injured and no, they're I mean, looking they're there. for and, a cup. So, well, let, let's talk before we get out here, let's talk big picture um, playoffs. So let's start with that devil's Rangers series as mm -hmm. a Canes fan. I, I think we all probably want to see the devils come out of that one at the, yeah. at the end of the day. It's their first time in the playoffs in a number of years. Definitely the first time with this core group of guys. Um, it's just different. Right. Yeah. And, and so for, Carolina to face a group that is a little green in these situations. Granted, if they come out of the series with the Rangers, they're going to have hardened up and matured real quick. But to me, it just seems more likely than not that you will be facing the Rangers, that the roster is just better. They've been here before. Um, and I don't think that's a great matchup for the Canes. Do you see it as Rangers and I, I Rangers and six? Yeah, I think that one might stretch to seven, to be honest with you. I, I lean towards the Rangers at this point. That Devils team somewhat reminds me of like a younger Canes teams in certain mm -hmm. ways. They are a super high-skilled team when you have guys like Jack Hughes, you got Dougie Hamilton, but the question is how do they handle the playoffs? They're built a little bit more finesse style. Like, I mean, playoff Dougie's a thing. We, yeah, we, yeah. We've seen this, you know, this is the guy that, you know, maybe the physicality of the moment might be too much. And, yeah. Um, I just think the Rangers are going to be a little bit more mean and physical. And we've been yeah. here before and um, it's going to stress be, uh, the devils in ways that they just haven't seen yet, that maybe they'll mature into being great. Um, yeah. I think that core is super exciting. Um, I will say, just stylistically, that's a much more fun matchup than the one we're talking about here. Yeah, hundred percent. That's going to be goals, lots yeah. of goals, uh, unless Shesterkin is, you know, last year's version. Um, that one's going to be a really yep. up and down, uh, yeah, lots of goals, fun series, uh, a little bit more pond hockey. I mean, 
But it's almost one of those like as soon as, soon as Truba headhuts someone, I feel like the devil's gonna be like, oh, this is this is different. Yeah, this no, is different. that's gonna be a physical series led by the Rangers, and it's gonna be a test of how does New Jersey respond. They do have a little bit of size on the back end, but I don't find it to be size with snarl. Um, so yeah, I I, don't, I really don't know. And then I think anytime you're matching up against a goaltender of Shesterkin's quality, it's going to be really hard for you to match that. I mean, he's one of the best goalies in the world, not having like the greatest season of his career, but he can flip that switch at any given moment. And, and New Jersey doesn't have that. Mid series. I mean, yeah. last year versus the Penguins, he was atrocious early and all of a sudden flips it on. He's great through the Canes. I mean, the guy yeah. can just do it. Um, to me, the, the goaltender situation is the biggest like red flag in, in favor of the Rangers. Yeah. I think that's where they kind of are margin making beyond the stylistic game style stuff. Um, okay, moving to the Atlantic. Can Florida do anything with Boston? Um, I think they could potentially grab one of those games. Yeah, I'm thinking five. They're yeah. they're plucky enough. You got a Kachuk, like they and they finished the year really strong. Yeah, we know the high-end talents there. This Boston th team's just too much. Granted, the last time a team had a historic season, the Tampa Bay Lightning in '19, they got swept. I don't yeah. think that's happening here. Um, but I could see, you know, Bruins in five or six and pretty comfortable doing it. Is kind of where I'm feeling. Yeah, I'm kind of leaning towards five. I don't see them be being it. Yeah, two would be a lot. I don't see them being able to get more than one game away from Boston. That team is a well-oiled machine built for the playoffs. They have two goalies running at top 10 caliber. Old Mark running as one of the best goalies in the league this season. You you see the additions they made as well. The team is... An embarrassment of riches. And it's they've very been here strong. before, too. It's crazy. Yeah, they're very strong. Um, yeah, let, let's amend that. I'm going to stick with uh, Bruins in five. Yeah. They lost 12 games all year. They're yeah. Gonna, they're not going to lose two. Two. Yeah, just not going to happen. To a division. Play. Not to Florida. No, not to Florida. Um, now, they could lose more than two to Toronto or Tampa. How do you see that one going? You know what? It's hard. Is this the year? <laughs> it's hard to, like, to see Toronto advance. Like, it's just tough because, you know, they haven't done it. And this, it's the this same core. This is not core. my thing. Um, I believe it's Elliot Friedman or Merrick, but I, I, I do think Toronto wins. But I'm just not going to pick against the Lightning. They haven't looked good down the stretch. They have, but they've been here before. And until the Maple Leafs do it, I just can't pick them. Sure. In seven, give me the bolts. It doesn't make any sense. It yeah. shouldn't happen. And I'm it's going bolts in seven. And it's another one of those things where it's the it's the common thread of playoffs. One team has a Vasilevsky and the other team doesn't. Doesn't. And for me, the most important position in the playoffs is goaltending. Everybody else is bringing their A game. It's a question of who can stay composed and make the big saves in the big moments that really turn series on their heads. We saw that last year with Shesterkin, like you mentioned earlier. Vasilevsky is a guy that can win you games and steal you games. And you have to think that there's just a little bit of doubt in the back of all these young Maple Leafs players' minds. If, of, it, if it gets tight, I mean, they, they had the series one last year in yes, six. Yes, 100%. And 
it's there. It's in yeah. the back of your mind until you do it. And the weight of the world is on them and the hockey mecca of North America. If it gets tight, they tighten up. It, it happens. Yeah. And it's not the talent or the ability that I don't think it's Dubas. I mean, I think he's done a great job building the team. Yeah. But for some reason, they haven't been able to get over the hump. Maybe they will. Maybe they won't. But quickly, let's go to the West. We'll just one word, Dallas or Minnesota. Dallas, for sure. Agreed. Edmonton, L.A. I mean, it's got to be. You can't score 150 plus points, whatever McDavid finished with, and not get out of the first round. Yeah, they've, I mean, they've they're, got they're a trendy pick. Yeah. I can see them coming out of the West. Uh, Vegas, Winnipeg. That one for me is interesting because Winnipeg has had moments where they've been one of the best teams in the West this season, and then they've had moments where they've been bad. So can, it's can which, still in a series? which Winnipeg do we get? Um, that one, I'm not sure where I stand. I think I'm leaning Winnipeg right now. Ooh, love it. I that's think I'm upset. leaning Winnipeg. Yeah. Love it. I'll, I'll take Vegas, but I think that's a good one. Uh, last one in the West. Congrats to John Forslund, our buddy John. Ron Francis, Seattle Kraken making the playoffs in their second season. Uh, your reward is a matchup versus the champs. Uh, yeah. Bowing out quick, I'll, I'll go with the Avs. Yeah, it's it's not the Avs team of last year, I will say no. that. Um, but I don't know if Seattle has the juice to even beat this iteration of the I, Avalanche. I think they're built right, though. I mean, it's they're coming. Yeah, I, I don't know if they have the core that will ever push them into being a contender, for a sure. real contender, yeah. but there's a lot of, and this doesn't stay this way. It's not stagnant, but there's the West is wide open. I mean, it, yeah. the, the disparity between the East and West right now is yeah. drastic. Okay. So that's all our series picks. We'll have to reevaluate. We'll get another one in uh, sometime during the Kane series. Once we get back from Austin, uh, any final thoughts? No, just excited to be back in PNC for a Monday rocking. night yeah, love hockey it. game, baby. Ain't Thanks, schedulers. Better. Ain't nothing better. <laughs> All right, y'all. We'll see you in a bit. Go Canes.